Hello, and welcome to the Zone of Hot Truth, a podcast by three aspiring DMs where we talk about our opinions, views, and just kind of some good old-fashioned analysis on uh, tabletop role-playing games, specifically the current flavor of the past six years, D&D 5e. I'm your host, Eric. I'm John, and you're also going to want to listen to, I think, our Railroad podcast to go along with this one. I'm Grant, and I second that. It's going to be some very similar themes here. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, The topic we're talking about is linear game design. What's going on when your your whole campaign you can write on a on a flowchart and the flowchart is a straight line so i i think a lot of people talk a lot of shit about uh like i remember the first time i remember this being a big thing was the flowchart for descend to avernus is a it's a straight line it's the, the it, there's no flow it is a waterfall and people talking a lot of mess about how that's bad and I, mean, I don't necessarily They're talking about Descend Avernus being bad because that adventure... Even your boy, Mike Shea, ranked that as his least favorite it's not adventure. The best. So. It's not the best. But not necessarily because of the flowchart. The flowchart the flow is not the problem. The, the problem is they forgot to write the, the lines between the blocks of why you would progress from one thing to the next. But that's a different problem. Uh, but I... I I don't actually think it is a problem to flow or like have a have a have a linear narrative that that has some caveats of course. Why isn't it a problem? It allows you to like actually one it makes sense for prep instead of um a thing that Matthew Mercer had talked about uh in the back end of his uh campaign 1 when your characters have uh the ability to be anywhere they want at a whim uh, that is incredibly hard to, uh, to plan and prep for because your players can be on the other side of the globe from where you expect them to be. And they'll expect you to have something to do there. There's also the fact that it's very easy to hide a linear style campaign and make it feel as if it's like this wide uh, reaching expansive campaign by just running the advanced railroad or advanced linear campaign where you just give them a few little offshoots, let them go off to the side here or there, but just everything always leads back to the same path. And it's not too hard to just kind of do that and trick people into thinking that it's this huge adventure when really it's just kind of following a a linear path. Now, a a thing off of that, we're touching on a lot of themes that we've touched on before here. We've, We've had an episode on the Quantum Ogre. And an important thing to note about uh, all of your choices funnel back to the the plot is the choices do have to matter. Yeah, it is like it can be a linear it can be a linear narrative that still involves choice. It doesn't need to like ah this one decision branches into a thousand other decisions and it's wide reaching. Um, you don't need that to have a a good strong narrative that involves player decision making do players so you mentioned the uh the expectation of prep that if your party has teleport or some other uh, absurdly uh, it's always a spell um ability that can bring them anywhere in the planes in the world etc and they would expect something to be ready is that really actually a dm like is that on the dm there or is that on the players to have not use that spell to actually be uh 
uh, active participants in the narrative versus just kind of a consumer, if you will. I think the problem can fall. I, I think it can be a responsibility of both camps, depending on how the campaign is set up. And while having a more linear style oriented game might help prevent that issue from cropping up, because if you pitch to your players that it's this huge expanse of open world, completely non-linear, go anywhere, do anything, they will expect you to have things prepped for them wherever they might go, and it's not necessarily their fault for putting that onto you. Whereas if you have a more linear-oriented story from the beginning, there's less of a need for the players to go all over the place, and that issue might not crop up. I don't know if that's necessarily fair. You can say you have a do-anything-go-anywhere game, but that doesn't mean you are, I mean, essentially, it's not your full-time job. You have other, I mean, just because you're the DM does not mean the expectations are now you suddenly have to be juggling, essentially, like a full-time work week, prepping the game just because somebody has uh, astral, what is it, astral dimension or whatever the spell is. Or Dream you of a Blue some... Veil? Is that That's one of about? them. No, it's astral projection. Ah. Or even just teleportation circle. Let me just teleport. That doesn't mean like that doesn't make it to where suddenly you have to spend forty hours a week on it. So clearly, I, that's on the players. So I think I think the I think the thing about this is um, the 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 middle ground is players defining what they expect to do. Like not even like Grant's talking about like a ah an open narrative versus a uh, a to B to C. I I mean like. At the end of a session, the players have said that they are going to go attack the castle. And that allows you to prep to go attack the castle. But also, you don't need to prepare everything else. Now, it's, it, then it is on the players for if they start that session and go, Ah, we talked about it and we decide we're not going to attack the castle. We're actually going to go search the swamp. Uh, then that becomes a problem because, well, I have these eight hours of sieging a castle and not eight hours of a swamp. So, and that's where your your like conflicts come into place. So I actually had read a very interesting Twitter thread on this, and it's going to come off slightly not super supportive of Five E, but bear with me, I promise. It's not as bad as it's initially going to sound. Well, I'm we'll gripping my you. armrests. I promise you, it's a lot better than it initially sounds. Uh, one one theory that was being put out as far as why, and there's very clearly a DMing issue with, um, in that there's just a billion more players than DMs. And there's been a lot of discussion recently on Twitter, on D&D Next, D&D, etc., on how stressful DMing can be. And why, and some of the failings of specifically of 5e and of TTRPGs in general of, of trying to uh, combat that. And one of the hypotheses were online play and battle maps combined with the design of 5e monsters kind of makes it difficult for your players if they go off script. So, say you mentioned sieging the castle, your party says, We're going to attack the castle. Okay, I prep the drawbridge. I prep this. I prep this. I prep that. Boom! Straight to the straight to wherever they're trying to accomplish. Maybe a few little deviations along the way. But if the party walks up to the drawbridge and goes, you know what? Actually, let's try to 
wait till midnight, go behind here, and then up this wall. Do you have a battle map for, prepped for that, especially for virtual tabletopping? That's, there is some issues there, as well as suddenly all those monsters that you designed or minis that you prepped are fundamentally useless. I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, I, like, that, that is a problem of expectation of if you are using fancy, nice battle maps, if you are using uh, correct miniatures and not stand-ins for I'm using this goblin for everything that's small, uh, that does lead to the, uh, the expectation of the players, right or wrong, that uh, that same production value is going to carry through and there's always uh, this never-ending battle almost between the players and the dm of like do they actually kind of understand each other and are they correctly communicating and interpreting each other's statements and their desires correctly because what you just brought up eric is a prime example of where that can break down they said they're going to siege the castle you prep for what you think that means but what the players think that means could be completely different, even though you're still following the same, like, kind of linear, like, okay, I know they're going to go do the castle, and then after the castle, there'll be something else. But there's, like, kind of... But things get lost in translation there, even on that one simple objective. And, uh, like, I do think that there's then some room to play in the space of... You've prepped you've you've prepped that drawbridge encounter, so like you have the rough idea of what a first encounter looks like, and now obviously you can't run that verbatim, but you can shift that to be the climbing up the wall at midnight encounter, and then just change some things out. It requires it it requires work on the DM's part to be like flexible and improv with the 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 toolbox that he's brought and maybe some of the monster or some of the enemies from inside the castle walls maybe you could use those as a as a midnight patrol that the party stumbles across before they're able to attempt to scale the back wall but these things all take a lot of improv and last minute thinking and if you're not able to come up with that like right there on the spot within a, a few minutes or a minute or two it can just kind of feel like things are getting away from you and it can kind of induce a feeling of panic. I mean, hell, that's happened to me before when I've had everything completely prepped out just because I misplace a, a, a sheet of paper for my notes. Is there, and we might, none of us might have a, a good answer for this and I'm sure this is getting slightly off topic, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach for it. At that point, do you just say, hey, like, would either of you feel comfortable saying, time out, guys, uh, you guys are scaling this wall. I've clearly, I have not prepped this in the slightest. I expected you were doing the drawbridge. Give me five minutes, everyone. Just go get some water or something. Let me draw something up because I need to figure this out. So yeah, I I think I think that's a, a reasonable. Like I I've never. Wait, is that true? No. Uh. So I have had to kind of on on the fly. It was, the scenario was an NPC ally of theirs had been captured by town guards and I was expecting them to go deal with the problem outside of town and then come back and deal, like, break the NPC out of jail. Uh, and they said, oh no, let's not leave town until, until we deal with this. So I had to 
come up with a, a jailbreak on the fly. Uh, and that one was a... I asked to go use the bathroom and then sat on my phone and looked up maps real fast. And then I, I told them uh, of, like, hey, okay, we're going a little bit off script, so I'm going to need to, like, draw out what this looks like as we're talking about it. How did that make you feel? It was, it was, it was stressful, um, but like not because I was aware that a a prison break would eventually happen. I, I, I knew that it, like it was, I had ideas in my head, so I had the, the foundation of it. I didn't have the specifics. I didn't have encounters. I didn't have like a plan. Um, but I had the. I felt that I had the tools I needed to pull something out of my ass. And I think DM should never be afraid to just say, let's take a quick five minute break. And I think players, players without a doubt, if you you ever hear your DM say like, oh, let's just take a quick break or I think I need just like a, a five minute break just to put this together. They should always just kind of just run along with that or go along with it instead of and and just give them the dm time because we aren't dms aren't machines they aren't supercomputers um and we're we're kind of getting close to time so i'm, I'm just gonna leave it there unfortunately I, save, I, save what i have for final thoughts i want to ask one question and then we can go into final thoughts uh would you ever uh like okay the players have completely derailed your expectations they're not talking about climbing up the the castle entirely. They're talking about saying "fuck the castle" and going into the swamp. What do you do then? Do you would would you be comfortable saying, "I have nothing for this. Come back next week." So that has happened to me not often, but maybe two or three times. Every time I've just run with it, and I think it's been a 50 50 for I think I pulled it off to where I probably should have just said, why don't we wrap the session here? And I think DM shouldn't be afraid to say, I, I don't think I'm ready for this. Why don't we wrap here? I think it's at the beginning of the session. I say, that sounds great. You guys chat. I do something to stall and try to buy myself 15 minutes of time. Yep. <laughs> I guarantee you. And I guarantee almost everybody. The session is worse because of it. And I don't think, I, th- I think the DMs can create a scenario where it is good, where it is all things, like, they did the best they can, but it, I, I think it does lack for it. It's very hard. I, I, I would go so far to say it's nearly impossible. John, you have an answer real quick? Uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I would, because of how my games are structured, I, I would feel awful having my players drive an hour and then saying now nah, go home so i i would have to come up with something on the fly and i can guarantee you it would be a bad session i would definitely say okay i would definitely admit like hey okay we're i you guys have to role play or there has to be some i'm gonna need a minute but let's go into our final thoughts quickly yeah. quickly transitioning take your final thought all right so my final thoughts are there's nothing wrong with a, a, a linear narrative. Uh, the people talk about it like a dirty word that it's railroading. It's not railroading. As long as you are respecting and honoring the player's choices, a linear narrative is an effective way to plan your sessions. My final thought, I, uh, it's never a bad idea 
it, it is extra work to just keep uh like a small little oh shit stockpile of just little side and random-esque encounters that kind of make sense for where the party is in the current narrative or in like the the quote-unquote like plot line um that way if you do ever get surprised you do you have something at hand that can hopefully easily be thrown into the situation and not be too jarring in one of those oh let's take a five minute break go get some water i'm gonna go set up this next thing it, it can really help even if they're just super bare bones simple encounters roll initiative usually buys you some time uh not good time because you're also managing an initiative but roll initiative people roll the dice get their get things organized it does buy you some uh some time but i guess my final thought would be is I think all players want the DM to say, hey, this is a sandbox, even when it's a railroad. I think all DMs want players to say, we like playing in a sandbox, even though they like they like uh, linear games. Uh, I, think in, I think there's a reason why video games are so popular and they're uber, liber, uber linear. I, th- I think that's just the way the overwhelming majority of players play, and I think it's I think it's a lot of stress to say otherwise. But if you like listening to this episode, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, uh, even just downloading it and checking out old episodes, we really appreciate anything that uh, anything that sh- shares the word or gets gets us uh, some feedback would be wonderful. Uh, you could also reach us on Twitter. Love to, to connect on there. But ultimately, at the end of the day, thanks for listening. And use more... Uh, Use more dungeons. Use more dungeons. <laughs>